Hello, I'm Sami Aryan. I'm the founder of Fempeak, a platform where visionary women come to gain live access to global leaders, learn about the macroeconomic landscape, and stay ahead of the curve. In today's podcast, I speak with Daniel Sharaiha, Chief HR Officer at the Bank Al Etihad in Jordan. Daniel and I had much to talk about given my Middle Eastern background and how familiar I am with the culture of the region. I really enjoyed this conversation as I learned about what Daniel and his peers are doing to increase gender equity in the Arab world and in Jordan in particular. So Daniel, we met at the panel uh, for a financial alliance for women and uh, you are in Bank Al-Etihad uh, in Jordan. So uh, do you want to start by telling me a little bit about what you do and uh, why you ended up being on that particular panel uh, about women uh, and financial alliance for women? Um, I started at Bank Al-Etihad almost 10 years ago. I was 10 years younger than now. And um, I work as the chief HR officer at the bank. Um, when we started working, um, I remember we were 350 employees. Now we're 1,250 employees. It was a major growth and, and shift in my journey in the bank. Uh, above all, I am a father and a husband. I'm a father for two daughters, Farah and Selma. We come in Jordan. Um, um, the woman participation in the workplace is extremely low. It is uh, said that it's one of the lowest two countries in the world, um, where with less than 14% of the workforce are compromised of women, and um, the rest are men. So it's um, it's a big challenge, especially in a country that the education for women is very high. So it is not uh, the problem is not with with the talent or with the people. It's uh, everything else. It's not the women. It's everything mm -hmm. else around that. And um, um, years ago, I I've met with somebody who worked uh, who talked about diversification in the workplace in gender uh, gender part. And I thought, wow, that is so important, at least for my daughter's sake, that in the future they might have an equal opportunity, nothing more or less than having an equal opportunity in, in, the, in the workplace. So uh, Bank al had has a great value for women and gender uh, equity. And um, since then, we went through this journey. And uh, it has been a very beautiful and interesting one. It's, um, so it makes sense, not because it is only the right thing to do. It makes sense to have more uh, equality because it's a great business case. So it mm -hmm. goes both ways. Amazing. Okay, so let's um, uh, unpack this whole issue of women being educated but not going into the workforce, because that's a super uh, important, interesting. Um, it's definitely something we should um, focus on a little bit more. So before we get there, let me tell you that um, I don't know if you are aware, I'm from Iran originally. So I came to the UK in 2005, uh, you know, came here as a student. Um, Paid for my own education, and uh, it was—it's been a very uh, interesting, tough, um, but a very, very fulfilling journey. Um, and um, I came here because I felt like the things that I wanted to do, the ambitions that I had, there was no way I could have done them in Iran. You know, Iran is a very um, rest uh, restricted country when it comes to restrictive country when it comes to women, um, and. Uh, it's, I would say, very op oppressive even, you know, um, and 
yet we also have a high level of women going into education, but then you can't live the way that you want to live. You don't have freedom, you know, to uh, explore things. Um, you know, it, when I was in Iran, uh, that was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, when, when I was in Iran, you still had to, I don't know if it's the same uh, still, but you, at that time, you still had to um, have uh, the uh, permission of your father, uncle, or brother, you know, some male uh, or husband, you know, to stay in a hotel if, if you were going for work or anything like that. You know, I was a tour guide and it was very, very hard. Like, uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was like I had to go to uh, the police station in a city to show them the letter from my father that said why I was staying in this hotel because I was a tour guide, right? So it, 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 that's the level of kind of restriction that you are talking about. Um, you still need permission from a man uh, for almost every aspect of your life. So it's a very deeply ingrained cultural issue. Um, it's something that education alone can't resolve. You know, It doesn't matter if you are you know, a PhD in astrophysics, you still need the permission of your father, uh, uncle, husband, or even your brother. And in some cases, even your brother that is younger than you has yeah. more, um, you know, uh, ability to give you permission to do things, right? So it's pretty crazy. It's just like living in, um, I don't know, the 1400s, you know, in, in, in Europe. So, uh, What's it like in Jordan? Yeah, it's a different case. The struggle is 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 um, we have a high unemployment rate. So it's uh, currently uh, post COVID nineteen, it's more than twenty five percent. And uh, transportation. They did a study a while ago, and um, two items came as um, uh, as very important. Why we have the slowest rate of participation for women? One was transportation. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you need to go to work, this will cost you a lot. Transportation might not be very comfortable for a woman to go in public transportation. If you want a private one, it will cost you a lot. So your salary wouldn't be worth it to do that. And the second thing was um, what to do with your kids if you're married and have kids who will take care of them. While we have a strong family-oriented society where most people would leave their kids with their um, you know, parents, grandparents, and so on. Um, you still need a, a, a place for a daycare center or something to accommodate that. And that's not very uh, common or available. And if it is available, it's not affordable. Mm -hmm. So that's these two reasons that they forbid women, they really block women into um, uh, going to the workplace. And it is sad because you see these amazing talented, uh, strong women that they can achieve anything. If you can take care of your kids and your house and study or work, you can do anything, right? And um, uh, this is this is sad to see it's, it's blocking for them. And if and when you provide equal opportunities for people, you see wonders. Um, uh, in our part of the world and maybe everywhere else, uh, women are not participating in the tech uh, world, right? Uh, you have fewer uh, uh, startups led by women than men, for example. And in, in the story here is when you provide equal opportunities for men and women, they take 
equal uh, chances, especially in tech. So um, we went from less than 25% in the bank, women um, a, a part of the workforce, to currently we're more than 48%. And with the boom of the number of employees and, and all of that, the one the, this is, it, it has been amazing. The second part is from a business case point of view, it multiplied a number of um, uh, women as customers. So when women would find um, uh, a, a woman serving them, they were more comfortable to come to the bank as well. And when you nice. have this woman product segmentation, also it, uh, it gave a, a beautiful business case. So it's something that is sustainable. We can't go back, right? Mm -hmm. Where we are right now, I think it's impossible to go back because it, is, um, it makes sense both business and non-business uh, perspective. Amazing. So, how many women work in uh, Bank Al Etihad right now? Uh, we're uh, yeah, we're talking about more than uh, 550 or 600 uh, even from the whole uh, workforce. And do they generally speak English? Uh, Arabic is the dominant language in Jordan, but a lot of people are, uh, can speak English. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I am thinking about um, the opportunity for women uh, in the post-COVID uh world to embrace technology you know in a way that they, the remote working aspect right which means that they don't have to travel um yes. and that there's a, a real big opportunity for that because i can understand like even in the uk i don't like to go out in the dark you know like on my own uh, when i'm not in a taxi or something. I wouldn't like to walk in the streets, um, especially if it's not in an area which is really, you know, a lot of shops or anything like that. Uh, so um, definitely around my home area, which is a regenerated and, you know, kind of slightly outside, I wouldn't want to go out. So being able to work from home has been oh. a real upside. So do you see, women actually uh, seeing this as an opportunity and and uh, stepping up to uh, take those opportunities uh, again so I mean the problem is not with women uh, looking at it in that aspect the problem is with everything else the problem is with companies understanding that uh, COVID with all the bad things that happened gave us some hope that teleworking and flexibility at the workplace can achieve results and can do wonders. Um, I'm, I'm afraid that while we're uh, going a bit out of the COVID uh, crisis, we're forgetting and letting go of the changes that, that happen in the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So if we can gain that, if we can do something about it, and if the uh, companies around the country understand that you can achieve better results, more results, or at least the same results with less, with more flexibility and less paying, uh, uh, and less time wasted, why would I spend two hours, if I'm a male or a female, to uh, look at a screen, well, I can do that back home. Why do yeah. I need all the, you know, traffic and the stress and all of that? So this is, um, this is one aspect that is, uh, that I hope we are getting. I'm a bit doubtful that people are understanding that, uh, you know, they want to keep this flexibility. I'm, I'm hopeful but doubtful that this will happen. I hope that it would. Uh, some organizations mm -hmm. took that lead, but not all of them. Yeah, I think that 
it, uh, inevitably that will happen because um, the way I see it, technology is a one-way street. It's never going to go back. We are never going to go back. You know, we are going to increasingly live in a digital world. Um, even when you think about the way that we uh, define luxury, you know, even that has changed. You know, now the, the way that people can display wealth, uh, the way that they do that on social media, the you know, younger generation, it's through you know, displaying the NFTs that they're buying, you know, that type of thing. So I feel like we may be in some areas of the world, we may be five, 10, 20 years uh, behind, but it, it's an inevitable change. And anybody, any country, any company, and any individual that doesn't uh, keep up with that trend, it, it, the thing is, it's, it's not even a trend. I, I don't even want to call it a trend, a shift right? Um, anybody who doesn't keep up with that is going to be left behind and, and they're not going to be able to uh, have a long-term future, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're kind of like approaching this point of, I don't know if you believe in, you know, approaching this point of singularity, you know, for people who, um, who have that kind of singularity point of view. And uh, I definitely think that is happening. You know, it's increasingly, we are getting to that point of singularity, which is like, you know, the point beyond which the, the, all the paradigms will break down and we do not know uh, what will happen. And, uh, you know, people who uh, stay in the forefront of technology will at least be able to actively participate in whatever is happening rather than being a uh, passive uh, observer and potentially being affected by it in ways that they can't uh, do anything about. Um, so uh, I can't really see there being... Uh, a two-way about it. I think it's it's definitely a one-way street. Um, so my, I understand what you're saying about the companies need to do these things and the women themselves, you know, there's uh, not much they can do, but I don't know if I agree with that because look, look right now I'm building um, a tech startup and we are hiring people from everywhere. You know, I have two people who work in Bangladesh. We have four or five people who work in India. Uh, we've got uh, staff members in uh, uh, in Canada, Vancouver, um, you know, in, in San Francisco, in New York, um, and uh, in Portugal, in Dominican Republic, you know, uh, and in London. So we are hiring people from everywhere. It really doesn't matter to us. Like I would happily hire people from Jordan, as long as they have the skills that I'm looking for, right? So um, the way I see it. Women can uh, reskill and upskill themselves, and um, I guess it's a question of how do we uh, bring this to their attention uh, to make it um, so that they realize. You know, I always say, having come from Iran, right is not something that they give you; it's something you take. You know, because if you wait, nobody is going to give you right and opportunities. Um, you know. Uh, so you you can't you can't wait for it. So I mean I guess there's definitely a big role for uh, organizations like yourselves. Uh, you know uh, there's definitely a big role, but um, I also really want to see women themselves step up. So as a father of two daughters, how do you communicate this to your daughters, or do you talk about these things? It's, it's interesting. After the session we have done, I went back home and I 
I, I talked to both daughters and asked them, is there a job that women cannot do? Do you believe there is something you cannot do just because you're a girl, not a boy? And I was waiting for a reaction and they both laughed so hard uh, at the question. They thought it's funny and I loved it. I thought definitely then we're doing something right, right? Even in a, a society that values uh, gender the way we do, I think we're doing something right to raise up and believing that there is nothing that is impossible for them because of their gender. And yeah. um, I do the communication all the time with them. Um, uh, it's so funny that even the literature in at school, what do they teach you? You know, um, my dad is working, my mom is cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, the stereotyping. This is what they teach kids at at the elementary school. And uh, while a man can be a doctor, a woman ca can only be a nurse. Nurse, yes. So these uh, these um, examples of how how you approach work, I think it is there in the society. But I think dads and and the moms, but dads specifically in our country, should do so much more to uh, to bring uh, the glory for a woman working again. Um, you know, it wasn't like that all the time. Like years ago, women were more equal, in my opinion, uh, to men than... than you think so? Yeah, yeah. But talking about hundreds of years ago, maybe, because where I, where I come from in the country, in Jordan, in the South, women had a say as, as strong as men uh, in our family, in our tribe, at least. And you see this um, diminishing slowly in some parts of the world. And um, well, when women work, of course, there's um, there's uh, the power shifts in the household. So maybe that's um, that's one of the reasons that men might not accept that their you know wife or daughter or whatever go to work because there's a power shift. She doesn't expect to get money from me as the head of the house anymore. You know, she mm. can earn a living. And uh, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure, maybe that's part of the resistance in general. Yeah, definitely. I think that's true. Um, so we did a research to find out why women were not reaching the, um, you know, top tiers of business and technology. Through our research, we found out that there were six reasons why women were being left behind. And uh, those were a shortfall in six areas, confidence, tech skills, financial literacy, uh, business and entrepreneurship skills and women's health issues and family and relationship support. So we talk about the last one, you know, family and relationship support and this whole power dynamic that you uh, you explained and, and you talked about. Um, so in a country like Jordan, obviously it's an Arabic country. I think that probably that aspect has got one of the most impacts and then uh, that has a knock-on effect on confidence, right? Because if you are always told, you know, when I was growing up, I remember my parents said that your laughter should not be heard as a woman, that like, you know, nobody should hear you even laugh, you know? So um, there is uh, this incredible- This is very familiar to me uh, as well, Swami, that it's the same, I think. But what do you think happened in your mind? Let me ask you a very personal question. Please um, uh, feel free not to answer it. Does your wife work? Of course, yes. Okay. Yes, she does. All right, that's interesting because you didn't she's mention very, that. Very, yeah, it's, she's a very successful woman. 
and I'm very proud of her and, and her abilities. Uh, I can tell you easily, I am the man who I am today because of her. It's so interesting that in, in, my, in my mind, the definition of being a man is how you treat women. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what makes you a man. Uh, if you uh, uh, oppress, uh, if you look um, down at women, then uh, the truth is you're looking down at yourself as a man. So um, I, she taught me a lot of skills. Uh, when we first got, got married, I used to write her love letters um, and she used to correct them and, and get them back to me. <laughs> Corrected all the spelling mistakes and the grammar mistakes. So she spoke better English than I did. And uh, she helped me develop my, uh, my language skills. She helped me um, look at uh, life in a different, in different manner. So I'm proud of her. And uh, um, uh, I, uh, I think um, even marrying the right person that will, uh, you know, make you grow both ways, I think it's very important. That was my experience. That's amazing to hear. I'm very happy to hear that because sometimes when I speak to people who have daughters, you know, they say like, I'm doing this for my daughters, but they don't necessarily talk about their wives and I'm like I want to know what your wife is doing you know because that really uh that does matter so so that's really good to hear I'm so glad to hear that um so let's talk a little bit about your um bank of how big is it in Jordan in in comparison to other banks it's uh, currently when I first started working we were number seven uh in the banking sector currently we're number three in many KPIs uh so um um, I'm not sure if I can say this, but our success is because of all the values that we have within the organization. Our, the reason for success is people, of course. Um, technology is awesome at our bank and it's very important, but people make technology, you know? So it's all about the people. And I think one of the key success uh, of our story in the country is because we hired more women than everybody else. Uh, okay. This is uh, my honest uh, uh, testimony, um, uh, being part of the event and the growth and, and all of that. That's amazing to hear. I'm so happy to hear that. So yeah. how, where do you see the, the future going uh, for Bank of Etihad, but also for other banks, for other organizations in Jordan? In general, do you see it going in the right direction? Do you see things getting yeah. better for women? Uh, so let me, let me uh, explain more my previous point. When, when you hire more women, what does that tell about you as an organization? That you hold equity and you're fair, you have no biases, and it comes as a package. So if you have that values, it's probably it will mean you will hire the right people for your organization without caring what's their religion, where they come from, uh, what's their gender, and you, you're, you're more uh, receptive, right, for the talent. And by doing that, by holding these values, uh, you, you hire better people, which means better results. Yeah. I think um, uh, the financial institutions in, in the world uh, and in, in Jordan uh, in Jordan, it's a very, very strong uh, um, institution. The regulations are excellent and they're very protective of, of uh, fin finan financial sector in the country. But I believe technology will be changing the game. I think it will be the game of uh, 
either you exist or not. Um, yeah, that was my point about the singularity. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not, as you mentioned, it's a one-way street. One-way street, yes. Uh, and and technology is so important and you can't leave it to for men to fix it. You have to have That's both it. genders. So it's because the users are, are both genders, right? So you have to uh, do the user experience, user design, having in mind that people are different. And if you only hire one, um, one type of thinking in... Um, in designing that technology, I think it will fail. If you don't yes. have diversity, diversity uh, as a, in, in, through the inception of technology and adaptation of technology, I think it, it won't be as successful as uh, you know including everybody. In yeah, exactly, because machine learning and artificial intelligence needs a lot of data and it needs diverse data, right? And if all of the data is coming from a specific source, it's not going to... Uh, be as um, powerful as it could be for all of humanity. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really um, that's a really good point to you know that's a good place to kind of bring our conversation to an end. Um, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm so glad to see that uh, this happening in the Middle East. Uh, you know because I come from that background, so it means a lot to me to see that. I hope that we see it in more Arabic countries, in more you know. Um, uh, countries that are uh, kind of well known for traditionally being pretty restrictive towards women. Um, so this is a very positive change. And I, I was really surprised and pleasantly surprised to see you on that panel and yeah. to hear the work that you're doing. So I really appreciate it. And yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. So thank you for it being It was on. a pleasure for me, Somi, as well. I think, I think there's a lot of opportunities in the country. We have great people around. And if given the right opportunity and seeking it, you will see wonders. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dania Sharaiha. We have a long way to go before we can achieve gender equity around the world. And this is at the heart of what FEMPEAK stands for. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. Our team works extremely hard to bring these interviews to you, and your support will help more people discover the content. Finally, if you're not yet a member of FEMPEAK, head over to fempeak.ai, register and join a community that actively supports women's professional growth.